Yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fruit of the Bone Podcast. This is your boy, JBJR in the building. Uh, just here on a Saturday afternoon, man. Nice weather outside, beautiful weather outside. Just in the basement right now, getting these recordings in. So make sure you always check uh, the podcast out on all podcast or syndication platforms at Fruit of the Bone Podcast. Uh, just make sure you type that in. You find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, Mixcloud. We out there. So make sure you check us out. And make sure you follow us on social media, which is at Fruit Boom Pod. Uh, F-R-U-I-T-B-O-O-M-P-O-D. And so and that's all forms of social media. Make sure you subscribe to us on there and check us out on that as well. But uh, today, today, uh, we got another guest in the building, another St. Louis producer in the building. Uh, w- uh, one of the homies from the uh, Farfetch crew I met from a long time ago, man. And a uh, fellow streamer, man, you know, definitely gamer, fellow streamer, man. You know, he definitely the homie, man. Got some amazing pieces, some amazing work. He does some amazing uh, live shows and sets as well, man. Brother is great, man. Known him for a while. Good dude. Very good dude. So I just want everyone to give our praise and welcome to my man, Backbeat. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How about you, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Can't complain at all, brother. Just, uh, like I said, just been podcasting, man. Been doing good, man. So just, you know, keep my head above water doing, like, the pandemic and everything else, man. I hope you've been doing the same, man. Absolutely. Trying to stay busy, you know, and um, being busy is pretty much a sign that you're in the going in the right direction. So I'm going in the right direction all the time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm glad that's the case. Definitely glad that's the case. So uh, for anyone that's brand new that's never um, heard the show before, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of how we get down. So basically, the show just is about uh, producers, DJs, engineers, basically the people behind the scenes of your favorite artists and bands. Um, You know, it's a lot of podcasts out there do a lot of shows with artists and bands, which I love greatly. But you don't get a lot of behind the scenes about like people make all your maybe favorite music pop and popular out there so i want to give give the opportunity to like the unsung heroes in both the known and unknown space just for them to go ahead and just tell their stories their experiences any tips and tricks any advice anything like they want to go ahead and speak on this is their time to do it and this is the whole point of podcast to give them some sign and them to get their words and their stories out so that's the whole point of the story uh podcast today and so that's what i want to go ahead and do so we're going to start off with a simple question i'll start off with everyone which is how did you get started in music production oh man uh simply put the scoring in my favorite video games to be frank when i was a kid uh that was the earliest time i knew that i was interested and actually manipulating music and in addition to in addition to appreciating music that's when i figured out i want to get into it i was like i want to make game and music that goes behind sonic the hedgehog 2 on sega genesis you know like that type of stuff inspired me and then um honestly after that i started getting into uh sony acid pro and that was in middle school and one of my homies introduced that to me and it was a bunch of loops and I was like, hmm, okay, this is my first experience with the DAW in my entire life. And after that, I just kind of got hooked and I was like, what else is there? I got hooked on the reason, fellow had a reason, and I've kind of never looked back after that. So pretty much what got me into music is playing my favorite games, listening to the scores and stuff like that and wanting to take a crack at it myself. 
Hell yeah, man. That's dope, man. That's I love hearing stuff like that, man. Especially from a, a fellow gamer. That that's always ill, man. So, do you still use Reason to this day, or have you moved on, or are you just like I'm still a Reason head to the day I die? Oh yeah, propeller head to the day I die. It's it's pretty nuts. Like what I appreciated most about it is the virtual rack, um, and also besides that, the virtual rack has also helped me in real life apply my skills to you know mixing and uh, EQing and stuff with you know, actual stuff. So when I stream nowadays, the audio is one of the biggest things that streamers uh, have a hurdle over because initially they think, oh, you just need to put a camera in front of your face and any microphone, it'll work out. Well, I personally was like, I need to have my audio going well before I even think about getting on camera to play any video games with people. So uh, fortunately, I worked in music production for years before I started streaming a couple years ago, and it just kind of worked out. That's what's up, man. That's that's hella what's up, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. So, for the good people out there who um, who's not aware of like the kind of music you like to make, uh, what kind of genre of music would you say you kind of dabble in for the most part? Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, video game music, and a lot of people think that initially there's they hear video game music and a lot of people think it's a certain genre of its own when nowadays, I mean, I get back in the day when um, music producers and composers for video games literally use the software of the game to make the music. But nowadays you can just like have an, a band or an orchestra or somebody play it and then just put the audio into the game, right? So it's a bit of a difference there. But I will say that to give people an idea for those of you who don't know me, uh, my main couple influences in music have been um, genre-wise, I would say maybe a little bit of uh, acid jazz with funk, which kind of describes how Jamiroquai, the band, is kind of structured with their uh, music. It's kind of influenced by disco, but it also has a, a influences of world instruments and also electronic instruments a little bit. So um, to give you an idea, Final Fantasy X, Nobuo Uematsu, like the producer of most Final Fantasy music, uh, it's more classical. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that genre and I listen to classical, but I also like jazz a lot. So those are the two genres I listened to in middle school mostly. Mm -hmm. Didn't really listen to a lot of pop music in middle school, but since I liked video games, it was more instrumental stuff, stuff without words, just kind of the get the feeling then what I did after that was I took the electronic uh influence and kind of went with that started listening to the fat boy slim compilation albums Paul Oakenfold type stuff and then uh pretty much noticing how when they produce you know those compilation albums like there's a DJ set it would just go all the way through and I'm like all these samples and stuff so you know, and then I started to really get way out there with my style. So honestly, it's all over the place, but the main genres that I'm influenced by, I would say is like electronic and um, probably jazz and a bit of classical, but I try to mix stuff in there. That's what's up, man. I like hearing stuff like that. That's dope, man. That's, hell, that's hella, hella dope, man. Thanks. So, uh, so let me uh, ask you this. So what got you into um, the music scene here in St. Louis for the most part? Like, how'd you, what's your intro into that? Because, you know, like, that's how I originally met you. And a lot of people know you, like, in the scene from that. So tell us how you got into that and kind of, like, where you at currently within the scene. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I would say the journey started about 
2010 to 2012. Uh, 2010, I decided to move back to St. Louis from trying to go to California to pursue acting a bit. And by the time I did that uh, in 2009 to 2010, that was when I was at the end of high school and trying to figure out what I was gonna do with the rest of my life and uh, trying to go to college. And honestly, I went to Can Derby, Kansas to try to live with family there, middle of nowhere. I ended up coming back to St. Louis to move into an apartment with my homies. And that's when I was introduced to a more recent version of Reason. And I decided, oh, I'm not making enough money here in St. Louis, I wanna pursue acting. So I went to California for about nine months. And that was in Sacramento, and that was fun, but I produ still produced music there for a bit. But I'm mentioning this because this is before I actually got ingrained in the music scene in St. Louis. So right when I moved back to St. Louis, I started the band Psycho the Psychedelic Psychonauts with my homie, um, Daniel James Drake, AKA the maker of Dan Cakes. So um, pretty much me and him, we formed the band Psychedelic Psychonauts, or for Psych Squared for short. And we tried to make a group of folks who like to make music together. And this was mostly us just getting on computers, not even knowing about local shows, not knowing that, you know, we're just a couple 20 year old dudes that just graduated high school and are trying to like pay rent and kind of just really introverted dudes that just listen to a lot of like, you know, Bonobo and Ninja Theory and all that type of stuff and uh, Thievery Corp, like, all kinds of stuff like that we were influenced by, but we didn't go out. So then we started a band and said, we got to go out now. We have to. We kind of got to figure out if we want to play any shows anywhere. We got to figure out what venues are. So a couple years of that, we landed on a gig over at the Thaxon Speakeasy. And that's where I currently work. And this was in 2012 as well. And we made a commercial. And it was just the fact that we were really influenced by the 2008 you know election and stuff and then also around the time we were starting to do stuff it was the occupy wall street stuff was going on so like the content of our music was kind of deep and dense but not necessarily the same formula of hip-hop or anything else that you know we were seeing on the scene so we got our stuff together. We tried to go to a few shows. And one of the first few shows I went to was a show over at 2720. I ended up meeting Matthias from Matthias and the Pirates. I ended up meeting a few folks from Indyground. I think I met Eric Farlow from Indyground Far Out. I also met Les Ismore from Kansas City. And I met DJ Abilities because it was one of his shows that he did here, 2720, after uh, Idea passed. You know, so that was a huge... That was a huge moment for me because that's when I knew there were artists in the city at that show that I was pleasantly surprised to see. Like everybody that night killed it. And I wasn't expecting that. What I was expecting is to go to a show and I didn't relate to anybody's lyrics. I didn't like the flow of it. But dude, I was blown away. And from that day, I knew that I had to find out more about the folks in the St. Louis scene. I made an internet radio show hosted that for a while, had um, Steady P and uh, Manny Hinkson on the show for a bit, which was cool. Also had Matthias and the Pirates come through there. Uh, but anyway, that was my intro into the music scene in St. Louis. And it just kind of went from there. It just kind of spiraled out of control from there, but in a good way.
Hell yeah, man. That's what I like to hear, man. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, uh, inform, uh, just so I can uh, make sure I'm right, you're currently still associated with the Firefish crew, right? Or did you go out? That is own? correct. Okay. So, yeah, tell us how you linked up with the Firefish people, man, because those, those are brother in arms here, man. So, how did you link up with them? Oh, man. So, to, as I mentioned, the show that I met Matthias and the Pirates at, uh, that day I decided to collect music and do an internet radio show. So in doing that, I started going to more shows. Now, after I met Matthias, that was cool. I actually didn't meet him that night, but I was introduced to them. So then after that, I went to a few shows and met up with this guy, LB Johnson. Me and him ended up doing an open mic together over at Plush before it was Dot Zach and things like that on that mm -hmm. stage. And uh, turns out, that open mic was one of the best free open mics in the city at the time because A, the venue was amazing, and B, it was on a Sunday for like four hours, and that way teachers could make it, students could make it, people that work during the week can make it. And um, what we would pride ourselves on is being able to go back to our place afterwards with a bunch of people during the open mic and jam session and stuff like that. So turns out LB Johnson met Darian a long time ago and Darian is a, was a friend of his and he was visiting the city actually I think he just moved back to St. Louis from Chicago um, and LBJ was like you got to meet this dude Darian and Darian was doing uh, stuff with Verse Utility Media Group back in the day so me and Darian ended up meeting that night and later on Darian got involved with Farfetch with Damon but I was just like I knew of I knew of Damon from Scripps and Screws, but I didn't know about Farfetched, right? So after that, me and Darian, you know, eventually met and he told me he was rocking with the Farfetch crew. And that's when I finally realized, you know, what the Farfetch crew was as an entity, but only on the surface, because I didn't know. I just knew a bunch of folks were on the label or at least wanted to be on the label. So Darian, it was me, Darian, and even Jose and uh, Wes Gray from like Subtle Aggression. Those dudes, I met, we all at the same time, I think, went to a far-fetched meeting and it was around the time Prologue 3 was out. And when we went to that meeting, that was the first time I was like, man, this is a community of folks who are way more involved in the music scene versus just playing on stage, you know? So I started looking into it and figured out the catalog at the time. Reclamation was out by um, Damon Davis and uh, Eric Prospect White. And like, I looked into that. I looked into the stuff that, you know, 18 Accounting was doing on the Farfetch website, like on the Bandcamp. You know, I went into the discography and started listening. And I really liked what I heard. So I was like, man, this is a label. I look up to these guys. And I was like, I got to get, I got to rock with these folks. So as soon as I tried to do it, I went through the proper channels, but then I just became a huge fan of the music. So I started to be like self-proclaimed best, like far-fetched fan in St. Louis for a while there. And um, I actually, to this day, I have most all the discography on the Farfetch Bandcamp right now. And I also guaranteed play it in most of the DJ sets that I ever play. So yeah, that's where it started. And now that's where it is. That's what's up, man. 
I like that, man. That's that's dope. I like to hear all that, man. That's that's all the dope that uh, that you know you're giving it backstory about you know just how everything worked before I finished, you know, with you joining in. I like I love hearing stuff like that, man. And it's great for St. Louis history as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's great for stuff like that, man. So that's dope, man. And so just as a perfect segue because you're in because obviously, you know, I know you're a gamer and you're a streamer, so how did you get into that field? Like, explain how you got into like the gaming and stream, like being a streamer nowadays. And what do you currently do with your streaming and what kind of games you stream, stuff like that? Like, what do you do? Sounds good. So, the Vintage Gamers Club, it is a place where the gamers are vintage and sometimes so are the games. Um, so, typically, it, this just spawned from me liking games and not an appreciation. But about two years ago, I started streaming for the first time because my roommate was teaching me about the streaming community. Now, I was aware that people play video games online, but being a gamer, a lifelong gamer, I'm like, what's better than just playing it, right? Uh, so typically, I'm not a fan of watching other people play games online, to be completely honest. But about two years ago, my roommate essentially challenged me to do it when he realized a couple of the streamers were making a living off of this but on top of that i was really into video games anyway so i noticed that for a while i wasn't playing a lot of video games and then my roommate he got a nintendo switch and i wanted a switch but i couldn't afford one so my friends were awesome at the time banned their money together and got me one and i was like wow this is ridiculous so ended up moving in with my roommate and Smash Bros was about to come out this year. So this the nice. year I was gonna stream, the newest Smash Bros was coming out that December. So August of that year, me, like I was excited about Smash. That's all I could think about. But then my roommate was like, well, until Smash comes out, like if Smash was out, would you stream that? And I was like, of course I would, but it's not out yet. So he was like, well, what if we just get ready for the game to come out by just starting our own stream channel. And I was like, I don't know. I, it seems like a lot of time to dedicate to something like that where it's just a hobby. But I mean, I've always been a gamer, so I'm always associated with it as a kid. Like, it's just a waste of time. Or, you know, if you're playing a game, you're not doing something else. So like, I kind of stopped playing for a minute just because I was like, I gotta get, you know, do my music. I gotta get, you know, make my way in the scene. So streaming, I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense to stream because that way I take my hobby and I also take the fact that I want to do more content creation, just put them together. And since August of 2018, I've been streaming once a week. Um, and it's honestly the best thing I've decided to do, uh, being a video game lover and also being a content creator. This is seriously the perfect medium because uh, it combines the two. And also, these days, if you think outside the box, you can really incorporate, as a musician and as a fan of the St. Louis music scene, you can also incorporate your friend's music into your streams if you turn the video game music off. You know, so like, it, I don't know. There's just a lot of things I decided to mix into streaming that I'm already doing. And that's why it kind of works out now. So Vintage Gamers Club, back to that. We stream once a week. Um, Young Santa, Matt McElrath, AKA Young Santa. Uh, he is the one that started the Vintage Gamers Club. And that is the second stream uh, platform 
that I'm a part of. The first one was uh, Nerd Prom, and that one was cool. And both of those channels I helped get affiliated on Twitch. So, yeah, man, it's a, it's a fun time. Hell yeah, man. And so, you know what, man, and I'm glad you said it because now I'm kind of been going more towards, like, Twitch and stuff, like, nowadays, honestly. Like, uh... Like I have uh, another uh, podcast I started doing that's also just a gaming podcast with some of my boys. We call it the Casual Fighter. Word. And, uh, yeah, man. So yeah, we do stuff like this. So we talk about basically literally uh, fighting games for the casual player. And, like, oh. So yeah. So you know, it's like one of those things. So man, so I'm gonna have to go ahead and make sure I'm subscribed to you on Twitch, and then you I'm gonna have to do vice versa, man. Because I'm gonna have to go ahead and check that out for real. Yeah, I want to talk to you on that podcast too because I want to know what games y'all are talking about. Because I'm a fighting game guy, for real. So, um, to be honest, I Smash Bros, I'm just loved since the start of it. But also, besides that, I've started playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z nice. and uh, also Mortal Kombat 11. I just start, I just played it for the first time recently. But yeah, man, I love fighting games so much. That's probably what I play most. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man, like, so from one Kendra spirit to another, man, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tekken player. So yeah. I, I, I like Tekken, I like Mortal Kombat, I like, I, I've always been like the fan of the big three, so Tekken, mm -hmm. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, but more mm -hmm. so nowadays, I've been more so Tekken, because I've been playing Tekken literally since the first one, all the mm -hmm. time. So, you know. By the way, speaking yeah, of that, man. did you know, did you know that the original Tekken game and Tekken 2, if you put them in your PlayStation and let the CD thing go, you can hear the music from the game. You know what, man? It was a lot of it was a lot of games like that, like low key. Yeah. Because you could put some games like inside your CD player. Yeah, and it just play the music. It just played the music. It was like the dopest thing ever. Cause I was like, I'm oh, saying, like, like so the Tekken music, Two man. soundtrack, man. Like now you can, nowadays you can get the Tekken Two soundtrack. I think it's on Spotify now, mm. but um you could get it on like iTunes. So I actually picked up the Tekken Tag Tournament soundtrack and uh, the Tekken 3 soundtrack I wanted to pick up, but I didn't. But yeah, man. Like, as a matter of fact, if you ever want to hear it, man, I'm not sure if you ever got a chance to play Tekken 7, man, but if you play Tekken 7 and like the little jukebox thing, I think that's what is it, the mm -hmm. Tekken jukebox, they have every, they have like a soundtrack, the whole original soundtrack from every game, from the first one, literally all the Shut way. Shut up! I'm talking Are about. Are you serious? Yeah, one through yeah one through six, both tag tournaments, uh, Dark Resurrection, Faded Retribution. Uh, wow. They got a. Uh, I think they got the. I think I think they want to say they even got the free joint, the uh, free Tekken they came too. Man. So you might want to check that out. Like I yeah. know. I noticed on I noticed on the Tekken Seven game though. So but I'm sure. pretty sure you can find a lot of that, like like you said, Spotify and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, man. Well, in fact, so Vintage Gamers Club, we threw a Tekken tournament. Actually, we've thrown two of them. Nice. And uh, they were at the Slice Pint downtown. And the coolest thing is that we, if you go to, um, it might be on the Media Outlaws YouTube, but I have to share it to you. On that YouTube clip, there is actually the highlights of the tournament. And dude, it was a hype tournament. We've met some of the best Tekken players in the city you know like i'm sure you know uh, a few of them but like there was a few folks that like there was uh i forget there was a couple folks who play like yoshi there was a yoshi mitsu player that was amazing and um it was around the time when megan came out 
Uh, okay. I think it was. Okay. Yeah, so he came out. Uh, it was that season where we did our last tournament at Slice Oh, Pike. season two, I think that was. Yeah. So, like, as soon as season two came out, Megan came out, and I think I, f- I forget what's his name with the uh, – the, not Eddie, but the Leroy. That's who Leroy, it was. Leroy, yeah. yeah. Leroy yeah. just came out this season, so yes, sir. Yeah. That's what's up, man. I'm going to have to check that out. So, Slice Pint Downtown. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to check that out because I didn't know because I actually want to uh, kind of get back to doing kind of locals. I can't be playing online and stuff like that, but I know locals is where it's at. So mm-hmm. I, I want to get back into it. So slice, I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm gonna have to check the end of that. So yeah. th- 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 that's th- is that still a thing going on currently, or well, the pandemic, the pandemic slowed all yeah. that down. Yeah, have but you guys I mean, we're like trying online or. Uh, so we haven't done any online tournaments yet, but we've tried a couple times. The main thing that was kind of rough for us is we tried to do group streams, and typically as a streamer, the more people you have on stream, the better for your viewership. And the better for the chemistry, too. It's just all around better to have more than one person on stream. So what we've been doing is trying to do group streams. Turns out it's a bit hard to do the online tournaments with our current rig. But what we've been trying to do is get the big online tournaments going. But the only problem I personally have with online tournaments is not everybody has a hardwired connection. Now, that's a big thing. Obviously, as an online gamer, you know whenever you're playing a match and you drop those frames and you're like, oh, you know, and a fighting game is just so dependent on those frames. You know what I'm saying? So, you worried about that. Yeah. So, an online, I'm personally like, if we do a tournament, I want to do a social distance tournament where we can do it like at the butler and it would be something I think with just a group of friends like us and Moth reached out to me recently and wants to play some games so like I would love to pretty much get together with folks like yourself and local folks that are doing other stuff like for instance Accurate man me and that dude have had some intense Smash Bros matches dude I'm telling you like nice nice it's so much fun that's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Yeah, hopefully once everything, when things decide to kind of calm down and we can try to do something like in more in person stuff again, hopefully we can, man. Because nah, that's that sounds dope, bro. And I, I like, I like, I love hearing stuff like that because I'm definitely trying to get back into like the local game community like that, bro. And so because mm-hmm. right now, like I, said, I just, I like I said for the most part when I game, I you know I play my techies and stuff like that. But I've been playing like a lot of single player stuff mm-hmm. shit recently too. Me so I too. Got, so I just got done playing uh what the fuck is that? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I beat that. Oh, nice. That game is amazing. If you have, I heard that. great things about it. Heard great things about it. It's amazing score and soundtrack too, man. Amazing, amazing. So I'm not sure if you ever got you. So if you ever get a chance to listen to that or let's play that, man, you'll love. It. Especially that may be something you may want to stream one day too. Yeah, man, for real. Is that a PS4 title or is that on PC also? Uh, exclusively PS4. Is right That's now. what I thought. Okay, because I got a P. I built a PC recently to stream more, but it happens to be a kick-ass gaming PC too. So I might get the uh, Xbox Pass for PC, the beta mm. of it. I might get that so I can play some like Xbox titles, bro. Hell yeah! Matter of fact, man, you should. Uh, and I just got since I beat Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, what, uh, what was I playing? Uh, Cuphead. I was playing dude, it. Dude, that's my jam. I love that game, dude. That game is amazing. Like, I, I streamed that 
Okay, nice, nice. That's all I was about to ask you. Do you use Illustrator mm-hmm. Cuphead? Okay. In fact, I do have uh, on my Bagby Facebook page, I have a clip of me going on Cuphead. Because what I've done on Cuphead when I stream it is I would try to beat uh, each level and get the highest rank. So I'm trying to do a speed run of it. And I met the, the fastest speed runner in Missouri. Nice. And uh, actually, her name's Red Sonia. And I wrote a Cuphead blog on my site or on the VintageGamersClub.com site. I wrote a Cuphead blog and it was about the devil and the last level and uh, how I got an uh, I got an A plus on it. And I was mentioning like the different parts of the level and I broke down like the different things that happen in the level so that if you're trying to do it without getting hit, you know what's coming up. So yeah, Cuphead is one of those games where it is rage inducing, especially if you're trying to get perfect. But now that I've beat it, um, I beat it once through and I've gotten uh, A plus on every level. Now I'm gonna go through expert and see if I can get through that. So the dude, but Red Sonya, she is the fastest speedrunner in the world doing the game blindfolded. Damn. Like it's it's nuts. Like it's it's Hmm. wild. So yeah, I'm gonna look it. I want to look her up, man. That's that's dope. Cause yeah, I'm uh I'm almost done with Cuphead. I'm almost done with the Third Island, and mm-hmm. uh, you know what? It's not really. I'm gonna say this, man. For me, it hasn't been rage inducing. It's more so. Fuck, I'm almost there. It's, mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that's for me. I mean, I've almost raged. I think at one part, and that's uh, what's what's the name of that boss? Uh, Doctor Cause Robot. Oh, see, that one was hard. Imagine trying to do that without getting hit. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck that. I spent the longest ooh. on that stage. The yeah, longest one, time. Yeah, everyone else was kind of cool after I kind of learned that pattern. It was the first, like, five, six times I died. And after that, I was like, okay, now I understand it. And after that, I was cool. But then, death the cause rope. I'm like, yeah, let me just sit this down. I'm going to come back to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like, so I'm telling you, and I would stream this on Wednesday. So sometimes when I was with NerdProm, I ended up streaming on Thursday. I used to stream three days a week when I was in NerdProm. And that was Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, or Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. I forget what it is, but I always streamed on Thursday when I go to work, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'd have, I'd stream for four hours. And as soon as I was done, I'd hop off and go to work. Dude, I'd be playing Cuphead. And I'd be like, at the end of stream, on that level. I, I remember the stream I spent, usually I play a game for like an hour or so. If I go for four hours, I'll play a game for an hour and then mm-hmm. switch. And this one I played for two hours on that level because mm-hmm. I was just trying to beat it without getting hit. Because as soon as I get hit, I'd start it over. But dude, that level was, that was rage inducing. That is one of the ones that made me want to like, just pull all my hair out of my Yeah, that's, I'm almost getting to the point with that right now. Like other than that, I mean, outside of that, I mean, the other game, the, the, everyone else being pretty cool, but it's just, mm-hmm. and, but just difficult, but it's good, but it's a good difficult way. Yes, it's yeah, fun. It's a fun, good difficult way. Yeah, Dr. Cause robot so far, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is where you're gonna start pissing me off. Oh, yep. okay. Oh, <laughs> the Iron okay. Giants after you. <laughs> My goodness, dude. And like, I would get all the way to the end, and it was like, okay, 
Yeah, all the way to the oh, end. Yeah. Thing, you know, so hey, there's Jesus. the waves. So there's the um, electronic stuff coming towards you, but then there's him trying to hit you as the electronic things are going by. So it's yeah. like, a, don't get smashed by the level, but at the same time, you're dodging bullets. And I'm like, man, it's a bullet hell game for sure. Oh, it 100% is a bullet hell game. Like, for those people who don't know what a bullet hell game is, it's a game that basically literally fills the screen up with a bunch of bullets projectiles whatever and you have to like simultaneously dodge and attack at the same time but it's like you have to be very careful with your movements because the whole screen is literally filled with enemy projectiles you have yep. to net you have to like maze your way through it while at the same time attack so imagine trying to do that on like a game like Contra, like old school Contra, but like, yeah. on like, but you flying or Mega Man or some shit like that. It's like that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So for the people who don't know, it's, it's, game is amazing. Yeah. But it's well done. Hair, very well done. And you, but you will pull your hair out. Yeah, man. Oh my God. Yeah, man. So, I mean, speaking of which, you did ask what games I stream. So I, mis- yes. I mostly play Nintendo Switch. Okay. So the games besides, on a typical Wednesday, uh, ideally, what I do is if I do a four-hour stream these days, I'll spend, um, I'll spend the first half of stream playing games that I have that I wanted to play and that I play outside of Wednesdays. Because Wednesday, every Wednesday, I usually play Smash Guaranteed at the last hour, and the third hour I usually play Mario Kart. So if I if it turns out I do a shorter stream, I'll probably play a couple other games in Smash or one other game in Smash or just that game. But it's typically Smash involved at some point. But um, so the games I've been playing recently, uh, Borderlands just came to the Switch. So nice. it's, it's Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel though. So okay. it's not 3, but I haven't played any of the other ones because I'm a Nintendo guy. So I've been playing Borderlands and that is rage inducing for one reason and it's the underdome i don't know if you played borderlands or not oh yeah oh yeah yeah so for those of you who don't know first person shooter but it's an rpg so you can level up your player and your weapons and stuff as you find them and get higher levels you know they get better and better so the most frustrating part on borderlands is to me the underdome because usually each mission on there it tells you what level you need to be at in order to do it or you know it'll say trivial or hard or difficult if you're not the level but then once you pass the level you need to be then it's like oh it's an easy mission so the underdome is a level 15 mission and i ended up going in when i was level 28 so the underdome is essentially a survival mode thing where you have to survive five rounds of enemies but each round has five waves. So you're going through 25 waves of enemies. But the kicker is if you lose on one of the waves, you go back a whole round. So if you're on round five, wave five, which is the very last wave and you lose, you go back to wave or to round four and round four wave one. So, which means you have to beat those five, then you're back on round five and have to beat those five again. Like, so that was just 
I would stream that, and that's what I've been on recently. Wow, <laughs> that's that's wild, bro. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I kind of am one of those gamers where I, I would love Dark Souls. I think because a lot of people hate it because it's one of those games where as soon as you lose your stuff, you can go back and get it. But if you lose it again, you just it's like all this work for nothing almost, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the stakes being really high that makes me interested in games like that. So that's what's up, bro. Like, nah, and I like games like that. Games that are challenging. Like the one game, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of made me kind of rage quit because I haven't played it in Jesus 25 years. Mm-hmm. And the remake, they remastered it. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah, dude! I heard like, you I, know on the remastered oh version they added a level. They added a level, and I've heard that that was like, I heard from people that it was seriously to the point where they had to quit, like they they just had to quit. <laughs> yeah, you kind of had to after a while, man, because I mean, it was like, are you fucking si-? like? I'm yeah. just think, I'm just thinking about like. This couldn't have been that hard when I was younger. Like it couldn't have been. Th- it couldn't have been this hard. That, the game <laughs> is not that difficult. But then you play. It was like I was like because I'm like I grew up playing Mega Man, Contra, shit like this. I'm like and Mega be- Man's hard. It like is, the exactly. early ones are hard, dude. Yeah, Especially because you couldn't save. I mean, anyway. But go on. Yeah, Crash is definitely one that it, it has. It has its work cut out for it as far as difficulty. Sure. Absolutely, man. I mean, and of course, you know, just because this is a music podcast, you no, know, a lot of that old school video game music, like, uh, like I love Mega Man X. Like, that's one of my favorites. Dude, like, Mega Man X Five. That man. soundtrack is my favorite out of the Mega Man X ones too, because I for the Switch I have Mega Man X Collection and Mega Man X Collection Two, because they re every system that, or every generation of systems they come out with the Mega Man compilation somehow. Mm-hmm. And I bought the one for Switch recently, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing Mega Man X on stream. But dude, all right. So which one is your favorite one on X? Which one has the best music for you? Uh, the best music, ooh. Because five is definitely the one for me that has the best music for sure. It's between one and four. Yeah, one had some pretty like the first level on one was tight, and anything Capcom. Like Capcom killed it with music back in the day. I mean, they still do, in my opinion. Um, but do like uh, what is it? Marvel versus Capcom. Like those games have amazing music. Any of the Street Fighters have dope music. The Third Strike is my favorite fighting yeah, game of all dude. time, and it has the best soundtrack of any fighting game I've ever heard. Is Third Strike, hands down. The art style, the music, and just the hype, dude. You probably know about this, but like you know how it gets in the fighting game community when like somebody does like is in the final round and they, you know, like it's hype whenever they do a combo breaker or something like that. You know, did you see the thing where the dude did the Ken parries with the Chun Li? Oh, kicks? of course. Yeah, oh, dude, you that's know, legendary. About, that's, that's legendary. Like, dude, that's dude, that's like that was the reason like the fighting game community became the fighting game community. It was yes. like <laughs> like that that <laughs> that particular round that in fight. that game. Yeah. That fight is pretty much why the fighting game community became like, oh shit. Like and it built yeah. from there. So now, like, no, I'm very well aware that Ken versus Chun Li fight. Yeah, and then recently, more recently, I think it was Combo Breaker last year. You you actually put out some stuff about you going up to Combo Breaker recently. Yeah, I, did, 
I did. Yeah. I went to the I went to the one in 2019 and I went to Evo 2019. I sure did. Nice. So the what the match with Knee and I forget what the other guy's name was. Arsenal. I think so. Oh, no, I in Combo Breaker or in Evo? Wait a at minute, Combo one? Breaker. So Oh, oh, oh gotcha, uh, It gotcha. was Knee and I forget the other dude's name, but it was a Brian Akuma fight on Tekken 7. Oh, and, Jesus. Yeah, I and it came I down the to the last... Uh, well, he came back. I forget who came back, but it came down to the last uh, rush or whatever. What is it? The, the move where you're low Rage on Art. health. Rage Rage Art. Art. It came yeah. down to that, and they both did it. And like, oh, it was, oh, it was sick. I think Akuma got it because he does like the the stance and then he hits you. So like he stood and then Brian did his and barely missed. And I was like, oh, it was, it was wild. I forget what the other guy's name was, but Nee, I think had Brian and that just blew my mind. Yeah, man, Tekken's like, to me, like the best, to me. I love watching Tekken fights more than any other fighting game. Those are pretty legit. They're like, pretty legit. That and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike being like some of my favorite games to ever watch as a fighting game. I like Smash. I like watching Smash for because I love seeing people rage quit and act a fool. Yes. Like, that's like the funniest shit in the world to me. I, yes. I yes. It's funny to me too. In fact, uh, dude, so speaking of Smash, that soundtrack to me is the best ever because it culminates the history of the systems or of the French or of the brand, like all the games that they've done. Plus if they involve more characters like Street Fighter characters or uh, Metal Gear Solid, well, Metal Gear Solid technically was on NES a long time ago, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like brands like Mega Man and Pac-Man and all that stuff, you get to hear music and collections and stuff from back way back when, but it's also re um, remixed and uh, arranged versions of stuff too. So, some of my best, some of my favorite like games as a kid, I didn't even hear the music this way as a kid. But then when Smash Melee came out, and that was purely just like orchestra, just orchestra uh, scoring, and no, a little bit of the music was original music from the previous games, like the stages, but most of it was new and rearranged. So they'd play stuff like. Captain Falcon's, um, you know, Mute City level, but it's like an, but it's like a, a band, and it's sick. Like the guitar is in it, and like the the Mute City song from Super Smash Bros. Melee is probably one of my favorite video game tracks of all time. And also, um, Kirby Kirby has really amazing music too. And that, what is it? Uh, Kirby Superstar had really good music, and also oh, love that game. Yeah, that that had amazing music, and Donkey Kong Country has awesome music. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, video game composers, man, like the music and stuff there. That's what really got me to be like, I have, I definitely want to score for a video game at some point. And you told me at one of the beat battles, you're like, dude, your stuff's good for scoring, and I was like, yeah. Hell yeah! As you know, as a matter of fact, that, that's a perfect segue before we get out of here. So, um, so the beat battles, man. I just want to get your opinion because I think you have uh, you been a beat battle for like a long time ago, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. man. So let people know a little bit about like just your experience with just like beat battles and how you appreciate just like your experience with it in general. Man, fresh produce is currently my favorite thing to watch live. Not even gonna front. And uh, from the times that I 
went up to the beat battles. I think it was about three years ago, and the fir- I went to three consecutive ones. And this was, I think, when y'all were at the bootleg. So the bootleg, I remember competing on that stage a couple times. So the last battle that I did was against Centipede. And since I was already rocking with Farfetch, and for those of you who don't know, uh, it, it's no way or no one uh, formerly known as Centipede, right? So, dude, no one has competed in Fresh Produce recently, but that's the dude that I lost to in my experience with the Fresh Produce beat battle. And to be honest, I could not be happier to have lost to him versus anybody else because I look up to him music-wise. And that's who I was actually... The track that I played that day was like a track that he inspired... Like, his style inspired me to, like, make that track. So that's why I didn't know he was competing until the day of, because back then you didn't post, like, who was competing beforehand. Like, it would you would know a little bit because we'd sign up, but you weren't, like, posting it out a lot. It was just like, well, you show up and see who's there. And sure, sure enough, I saw him, and I ended up getting paired up against him in the second round. And man, he killed it, but I'm not surprised. Like, I gave it what I could, and he knocked me out, and I took defeat. But man, I did, was that not a great battle, man? It was a Hell great yeah. battle. That's what's up, man. You know what? I'm always right. I'm always glad to hear like positive experiences of like people coming to the beat battles and you know having a great time, whether you're spectating or you're competing and you whether you want to lose, man, if you learn something from that, I think that's the best thing I've always loved about Fresh Produce. Like, like the main thing I always loved is this. If you learn something from it and then you can go ahead and network and you know build something of it, man, and network and be great from it. Why not, man? I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Well, honestly, at this point, I think that it's so much more, too, because at the beginning, I saw this as an opportunity for me to get to know other folks that I hadn't met who like to do the same stuff that I like to do, right? And that's what drew me in. But now what keeps me telling other people about it is the fact that no matter what you're looking for, if you are just there to have a kick-ass show and see what see something good like see a talented artist give you the best quality work like that's the show i'm telling them to look at if they're like i just i just am a beat maker and i want to get to know other other producers and other rappers fresh produce i'm a rapper and i want to get some producers fresh produce dude i want to see a cool stream from my house that's a kick-ass show fresh produce you know like that's what it is to me now it's 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 pretty much a platform where if you want to have people a quarantine party if you will like i would get beers on a wednesday and chill at the house and watch fresh produce you know that's that's what it is for me now and i honestly y'all have inspired me to do stuff too with my streaming and set my stream up game up too so all in all dude Fresh produce, fruit of the boom. Ba-doom. <laughs> <laughs> also, that, brother. for sure, man. And also, it's brought to you by Ohio Sound, right? Hey. Great stream. Start with great sound, you know? I actually Shout got this PR40. Rates. Yeah, man. So I got this PR40 microphone I'll be using for stream, too. It's pretty legit. Nice. Nice. But yeah, Shout man, I recommend it. 
yeah, I recommend Heil for sure. Shout out to Heil Sound, man. Shout out to good people at Fresh Produce, man. Shout out to everyone we mentioned, man. Farfetched, everyone, Farfetched crew, every, no, everyone in the game community, man. Shout out to y'all, man. Like, for real, for real. Shout out to everybody, man. Like, for real, for real. Like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, brother. But yeah, we about to go ahead and shut it down in a second, man. But, um, you know, I always like to give people space and opportunity and time to promote themselves, contact information, any projects or anything you want people to check out. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that space and opportunity to go ahead and do that, bro. Word. So for those of you who don't know, this is Backbeat. If you want to know anything about me, capital B A Q, capital B E E T. Remember, capital two capital Bs, but you can look me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. You can also find me Wednesdays with Backbeat on Vintage Gamers Club. You can go to VintageGamersClub.com to catch the Backbeat blog on some games and more. And you can also go to Backbeat.com to catch my blogs and also sign up for the email list so you can get further perks, which includes exclusive music, exclusive video content with Farfetched. Speaking of Farfetched, wearefarfetched.net is where you get any information on any Farfetched works that we got going. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. And uh, you got any good final words for the people before we shut it down? Man, listen, folks, if you're listening and tuning in, you already know that this is a community that's based on growth and also pretty much if you have a dream of being able to make a living for yourself by doing the things you love, make sure that you know that you cannot do it alone. And if you're in St. Louis, you can definitely hit up folks over at Fresh Produce for more information. Much appreciated, brother. Love those words, man. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, man. I truly do appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. It was an honor. Oh, the honor's all mine, man. Definitely. The honor's all mine, brother. I'm glad I'm able to get this get you on, man. Fellow gamer, I love stuff like this, man. So this is dope. I definitely do appreciate it. Yo, we need to get you on Vintage Gamers Club too. In fact, uh, after we're done, hit me up and let me know like if you're available on a Wednesday or even not on a Wednesday, you can come to the studio, Farfetch Sound. We, we can social distance and everything here. And also I stream from here. So you can just drop by sometime and we can get down on the Switch or something. I mean, I got like a bunch of games. I got stuff from 2K all the way to like puzzle games, man. Hell yeah, man. I have to go ahead and take you up in the alpha, brother. Hell yeah, man. For sure. Hell yeah. But um, good people, that was another episode of Fruit of the Boom podcast. As I always said, make sure you check us out every week. We'll try to post every Monday. If we, uh, try to get more consistent on that. And also, like I said, check us out on all forms of social media at Fruit Boom Pod. F-R-U-I-T-B-O-O-M-P-O-D. And as always, check us out on, um, on our website, which is freshproducestl.com slash Fruit of the Boom. Check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple, you name it. We on there on Fruit of the Boom podcast. And check us out every first and third Wednesday for Fresh Produce Online until we get everything back in order with the uh, live in person. So uh, holla at y'all next time and peace.